Welcome back, listeners. I have felt your absence dreadfully these past several weeks. Thank you for persevering through the quiet nights with only anxiety's racing voice keeping you company. I hope you've been diligent about keeping a dream journal like we talked about. I'd love to read it sometime. Wrap your loneliness like a hand-knit shawl around you, dear listeners, for you have reached the host. Before we start taking calls, I'd like to update you on my recent voyage. You'll remember that I was very much looking forward to attending the Love in Atlantis seminar in the Florida Keys. I was hoping to take a deeper dive into the complex world of intermythological bonding, but alas... I believe Dana threw away the instructional material that would have given me a sense of the true nature of love in Atlantis. Dana, that reminds me, we need to have a conversation about the mail. Can we discuss it at the break? Wonderful. Listeners, if you've written in in the past few weeks and received reply reading, Life is hard, deal with it, I sincerely apologize. I should know by now not to give Dana any responsibilities while I'm gone. She also neglected to charge any of the crystals while I was away because she thinks I can't tell. Anyway, it turns out Love in Atlantis wasn't a seminar at all, but a mermaid convention. And before you get excited, it was not a gathering of actual mermaids. It was full of grown people wearing homemade mermaid tails, waddling around a hotel pool. It's altogether rather offensive. (sighs) Pardon that hint of bitterness in my voice, listeners. I admit that everyone was radiant with self-expression and care for their inner child, but I felt there was far too much swimming and boozing and not nearly enough discussion about the loneliness and disconnection that comes from being one of a vanished civilization. Plus, I got a sunburn as I am not used to being awake during the day. Fine. Yes, Dana, I was going to of my own accord. Listeners, I have returned, and my ears and heart are open. No concern is too strange or unbelievable. The lines are open. All right, well, they ought to be open. Apparently, we're having some technical difficulties due to the weather. I'm not sure if you can hear it over the air, listeners, but it's hammering forks and tongs outside. Dane is doing something with what looks like a medallion and a ball of rubber bands. She's fixing it, I hope. While you're at it, Dana, I wanted to express some concern over the screening of our calls. I appreciate all of the listeners who call in with some life-or-death problem, some monster in the water table, a pair of heels that's actually killing them. But I am not the police. I'm not Widow Man or the big green one with the anger. Dana, I would appreciate it if you screened the calls accordingly. I feel we've had too many callers perish on air. Some might say one person dying on a late-night advice show is too many. Food for thought, Dana. I haven't said the word sorry in yet this evening, and while I've had no cause to, it still feels like a mistake. Saurian. 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 That's better. A pardon? Oh, okay, Dana says she's fixed the problem and we need to be moving on. But first, a quick word from our sponsors. This hour is brought to you by the good folks at Del Grove Holistic Dialysis and Chemical Weight Loss Center, in the business of better bodies since 1989. That combination feels medically dubious, but ad money is ad money. You all answered my suggestion of a pledge drive with emphatic apathy, so here we are. 
All right, and now we proceed onward to our first caller. I believe we have Lisa in Shawnee Mission, Kansas on the line. Lisa, what brings you to us this evening? I'm 57, and I'm going to have a baby. Oh, my. Is that, uh, I mean, wow, uh, good for you. Thank you, host. It's all down to the grace of God and the marvels of modern medicine. I couldn't be happier. You attributed this pregnancy to God just now. If it's not too intrusive, could I ask if you believe this pregnancy is a miracle along the lines of Judeo-Christian folklore? I do mean a miracle. My husband and I had been seeing a therapist and were attending an encouraging book group. That's when, together, we decided that it was not too late. I commend you for your optimism. I confess that I uh, had in fact assumed 57 was perhaps too late um, for having biological children. And uh, I mean, when they're going to college, you'll probably be dead. And uh... That's where you'd be wrong. My husband and I went through several rounds of IVF in the late 90s. We've implanted an embryo from that time. Oh, okay. It's been such a journey, host. Calvin and I wanted badly to have two children, a boy and a girl. We tried for years to have children the natural way. Then when I was in my 30s, we tried IVF. It took two rounds to have our daughter, Lainey. Calvin wanted a boy, but I got my way and we had a girl. I've felt guilty about it for years. How could I have been so selfish? At the time, though, we thought we were going to get another shot, but none of the other embryos took. We tried for many more years, past when doctors advised. At a certain point, we had to put the embryos away. That must have been so difficult for you. I'm glad to hear that you were able to have one child at least. Yes, Lainey. The dreams we had for two children were placed in her. Her dad coached her in softball, and I taught her how to sew. Her drawstring shorts got second place at the state fair in the zipper-free category. But that's in the past now. Oh, no. Um, have you had a falling out with Lainey? Oh, nothing like that. She's attending the local community college, and we see her daily. I'm so sorry. I just mean they have so much potential when they're young. You really think they might grow up and do something. Something? Yeah, just anything. You have expectations, is the point. Oh. Calvin and I have certain goals for our offspring. For years and years, we tried with Lainey. And over time, with each little battle, we backed off and settled into a rut of just accepting how our lives have turned out. I'm so grateful we're going to get another chance. What little battles have you been fighting? Where do I begin? When she was younger, we tried to teach her how to ride a bike. We live in a cul-de-sac. It's what all the kids do. Every time she fell, the other children would ride round and round and round. It was a cul-de-sac. It was horrible. Um, the girl loves red, delicious apples. 
Oh. Red delicious. The kind they put out in the bowl for decoration. Do you know what that's like? I do assume all red delicious apples are in fact wax. I'm not convinced they grow on trees, but are rather dug out of dirt boxes like a potato. When she was in elementary school, we tried to encourage that other component in her and have her be ambidextrous. Well, she could not eat with her left hand for the life of her, and that was just chicken scratch coming out of that pencil. That's actually really wise, because right-handed scissors run out a lot more frequently in elementary school art classes. And if your child's able to use the lefty scissors, I can only see that as being an advantage. I think Malcolm Gladwell talks about that in his book Outliers. Her hair grows so slow. While I can understand um, how you must feel uh, having to deal with those hardships, I hope you don't say things like that to your daughter. Host, she's as disappointed in herself as we are. I don't think you understand. This new baby is a chance for all of us. Those years were as hard for Lainey as they were for us, working so hard to be someone she wasn't. Struggling. She'll finally have the chance to really give something back. Lainey is the one birthing the child. Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. We implanted one of our old embryos into Lainey. I don't know why we didn't think of it years ago. Host? Are you okay? Did you accidentally pour expired milk into your tea? Mm, I'm sorry. No. It's, um... I'm not a fan of babies or passive incest in general. Uh, your situation is, um... Maybe a, a bit more than I feel qualified to, uh, take on. But I thought you'd be happy for us. I've been listening to your show for years, and you're always encouraging people. You deal with the new, strange, and unbelievable every day. Surely you, of all people, should embrace the fact that it's not too late. But the daughter, the father, they put the... in the Incest? D- Dana, is, is it... It is incestuous incest. Incest, surely. You're being so judgmental. Dana says it's not incestuous, but I'm not so sure because surely it must be. Um, I'm sorry. I'm open-minded, open-minded. Okay, open-minded. Yes. Um, could you put your daughter on? I, I want to talk her out of this. You want to tuck Lainey into aborting her own brother? Oh, no. You mean she's already pregnant? Is is it too late to intervene? It is not too late. I can't believe this. If you were hoping for a birth announcement, I can tell you right now, I'm not sending you one. You've lost a valuable, a very valuable caller. Ooh, I don't know, Dana. I feel like it's going to be a rough night. 
Listeners, I'd like to remind you that you are enough, regardless of your parents' expectations for you, and you don't owe them offspring of any kind. Not yours, and certainly not theirs. On the bright side, that was a relationship call, even if it was an icky one. Well done, Dana. Let's take another one. Hello, Caroline. This is the host. You're on the air. Dana tells me you're feeling anxious about the future. How can I help? Dana? Who's Dana? Is that the idiot who transferred me to you? Dana is our producer, and while she may not have an excess of tact, I've never questioned her intelligence. Well, if anyone's anxious about the future, it should be you and your organization. I've been on hold and transferred around for over an hour. I paid $24,000 for your crappy service. It's after five. Where is he? I'm sorry, you paid Dana what? Dana, have you been... Uh, I'm sorry, caller. It looks like you may have the wrong number. This is a radio show, and I'm sorry to say I've never seen a check that large in my entire tenure. (laughs) Why didn't you screen this one, Dana? Oh, no, you don't. Excuse me? You are going to help me, not somebody in some other department. You, goddammit! Well, that is why I'm here. I love to help. Where is he? He was supposed to be here today between 11 and 5. Sorry, where is whom? Oh, for God's sakes, my murderer! Uh, your... My beautiful lumberjack luchador. Do you think it's fun waiting around to get murdered? I'm sorry, just to clarify, you've paid someone to have a woodland Mexican wrestler come murder you to death? How is everyone so stupid? Can he be stopped? Can't you get away? I want to get murdered, and I prefer to die in the manner I specified on the website, but at this point, I don't care if you have to drive over to my place and murder me yourself. Where did you say you were calling from? Westford, Connecticut. Uh, Dana, do we know anyone in Connecticut who might... uh, Wait, no. I'm sorry, caller, but we do not condone murder at the host. At least I don't think we do. Uh, Maybe only in very special circumstances? Do you have a special circumstance? I'm just tired of all this incompetence. All I want is a plaid-wearing, chainsaw-wielding, masked wonder to whisk me off to the next life. Oh, you believe in reincarnation. Oh, no, I'm Catholic. That's why I need to get murdered instead of, well, you know, the other thing. Isn't engaging a service to bring about your own death equivalent to suicide? Nope, it's a loophole. When I get up to the pearly gates, St. Peter's going to have my name on his list in bold. I see. No more Tracy messing up my schedule. No more almond milk in my cappuccino when I specifically asked for soy. No more mistakes in the Clifford accounts. And especially, no more doctors. Have you been having health... Shh! I thought I heard something. Maybe that wasn't him. I think every little sound is Fernando here to kill me. That sounds like a strain. It is. And in answer to your question, I have a chronic rare disease, and I'm tired of medications, the surgeries, the hope for adequate treatment, then the massive disappointment. I don't want to see another doctor for as long as I live. Period. Which shouldn't be much longer anyway. Where is he? Uh, Why a lumberjack luchador, by the way? As a girl, I was a huge fan of Lucho Libre. Mil Mascaras was my god. And as an adult, I experienced pure ecstasy. With a Canadian arborist. The website didn't have a luchador arborist, so I settled with Lumberjack. I see. Either way, that's very specific. Oh, yeah. 
They have pretty much every kind of murderer you can imagine. You can pick a fireman who commits arson, you can pick a clumsy mover to help you with your grand piano, you can get BTK'd, you can have a man from Alabama show up with an electric chair, you can get a busty young lady with a pet cobra, you can get a... Uh, excuse me? Who are you? What's happening? Hello, Ms. McAllister. Sorry for the delay. I was caught up in surgery. I should warn you, I crossed my fingers when I took my Hippocratic Oath. I said no doctors! Where's my lumberjack lichenor, you son of a bitch?! If you would just sit here and put this mask over your nose and mouth, we can take a look uh, at- No! Get your hands off me! I said no doctors, you idiot! That's it. Now count backwards from 100. I demand to speak to your manager. Oh dear. I think we've lost her. <sighs> and she hated doctors. Caroline, if you can hear me, I hope the folks in charge of the afterlife run a tighter ship than the ones do here. Rest in peace. Oh, and Dana, if you can find whatever getting murdered service you think she was using, could you give them a bad review on Yelp? It's what she would have wanted. Thank you. Oh, Dana, on the train ride to Love in Atlantis, I listened to something called a podcast. Have you listened to a podcast? A young man transferred one onto my MP3 device. He said usually you can listen on your phone, but my Nokia brick doesn't have the capacity. At any rate, that murder call, uh, not an emotional relational call, by the way, Dana, I think you can do better. But anyway, the murder reminded me of the podcast. It was called Serial. Wonderful programming. It made all 16 hours fly by. The show's host and producer were just like us, Dana, but... Outside of a studio, out in the world. Incredible. No, I know we're not journalists, Dana. Well, pardonne-moi. I believe I could do it quite capably. No, I wouldn't get myself into trouble. I made it all the way to the Keys and back, after all. Yes, yes, moving on. Next, we have Raoul calling from Would Prefer Not to Say, and that's okay. Listeners, I respect your desire for privacy and would never insist you tell me more than you feel comfortable with. Hello, Raoul. You're on the air. I hear you and your girlfriend are working through some issues. Tell me all about it. Uh, it's, it's really more my girlfriend that's the issue. We live together and her family hates me. They, they hate me. I don't know what to do about it. I know that struggle well, Raoul. More than once I've been the unsanctioned Shiksa goddess at the Bloomberg family Seder. What makes you think your girlfriend's family disapproves of you? They keep trying to get her to move back home. Her brother came to our apartment and basically ordered her to pack her bags. Did you come to blows? No, it, it just... It was, it was ridiculous. He just said he thought Beck... T... <clears throat> Betty should come home with him. Said her parents were really worried about her. Betty's a grown woman. She's got a job. She's got me. She's not just going to move home. How old is Betty? 27. Oh, well then quite old enough to be making that kind of decision for herself. Exactly. Well, I mean, you'd think. She's a little... strange. And I'm, I'm not sure she's being entirely upfront with me. You don't trust Betty? 
Well, she says she loves me, but sometimes I think she takes her family's side. They're weird, um, religious types. I mean, I thought Betty was basically normal, but now I'm not so sure. What makes you think that? She's been acting different lately. Real unbetty. She seems dissatisfied with the relationship? No, no. I mean, she actually talks a lot about how lucky she feels to be living with me and not cooped up on her family's ranch, but I don't know. She might just be saying that. And why would she be telling you that if it were an untruth? That's how women operate. They act like everything's great and then they dump you out of the blue. Caller, I'd like you to resist coming to conclusions based on broad generalizations. Oh, I'm too politically incorrect for your show. That's not it. We're trying... The stink of death is on this relationship, host. That's what I'm trying to say. I thought you said Betty decided to stay with you. She did. But the whole thing was just so weird. Her brothers showing up, her family being just like friendly and polite, but having nothing going on behind their eyes, and then Betty acting all... I didn't like it. I wasn't going to live with it. Have you decided to part ways with Betty? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. You find that amusing? No, I, I just... <sighs> this stuff always happens to me. I like Betty. I, I love her. But my relationships always change. Go sour. Is there a particular reason why you're calling in, Raul? Some... Point on which you'd like advice? Oh, yeah. Um, yes. I had some questions about clones. About clones? Yeah, like, well, first of all, do they really exist? I believe the technology exists, yes. Um, although cloning from adult cells introduces some problems because of the DNA's age. <laughs> okay, okay, so maybe, maybe, maybe human clones. I'm, of course, open to that possibility. And, okay, would that, would they be, like, telepathic with other clones? Uh, or, I don't know, you know, like, like twins, or... Twins are not clones. I, I don't know, I'm just saying, like, if something happened to one clone, could all the other clones, like, uh, sense it somehow, like... Again, I'm open to that possibility, but I don't offhand see how... And, uh, okay, last question. Are clones people? Like, re are they... Would they actually be people? Uh, I see where this is going. You do? Yes. You're hoping to make a clone of Betty in the hopes of preserving her in an unchanging relationship. I have to say, I advise against cloning within romantic relationships. I had a lover once who cloned himself to try to satisfy me sexually, uh, and it didn't quite bring the variety one might have hoped. Hmm. Did you did you have to wait for the clone to become an adult, or it was, was it... the '80s? What can I say? <laughs> All right, caller, we best be moving on. Best of luck to you. Ugh. He was a beautiful man, too, Dana. <laughs> Tall, dark, huge nose. You would have liked him, but he lacked imagination. No joie de vivre. All right, Dana, stop pretending to wretch. You don't have to be childish. Sex is a beautiful thing, an expression of human emotion that really makes one feel alive. You know if your parents had... Oh, you weren't pretending. I'm... Sorry, Dana, I didn't know you were ill. Well, take a second to clean yourself up while we take this next call. 
Okay, our next caller is named Carl. Hello there, you're on the air. Hi. Hi, am I on the air? Yes, hello. Can you hear me? Um, Dana, is the line working? Remember, when there are glitches, you must test the line. When the line is glitchy, valuable time is wasted that we could be spending tending to the needs of our callers. Yes, yes, I'm here for tending. Can I go now? Oh, great. Yes, please proceed, Carl. How can I help you tonight? Okay, so, I'm wondering, how often do you get calls about people disappearing? I'm not talking about one person, like one rich girl on vacation in Bermuda. I mean a whole group of people. How often do you get calls about that? Well, this isn't really that type of radio show. Um, you may be looking for a missing persons hotline or perhaps 911. No, that's not what I'm saying. It's not a normal disappearance. I'm pretty positive it's somewhat paranormal. I see. Um, well, Carl, we receive calls of all kinds here, but it's hard to say how common your situation may be without some context. How about we start from the beginning? Sure. I'll, I'll map it out for you. So I've been going to this nighttime meetup thing, Midnight Poetry for the Weird and Wonderful. Oh, now that's my kind of gathering. Are you local? What nights do you all meet? Well, that's my problem. It's supposed to be every Thursday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. That's what it's been every single week up until now, 11 to 2 in room 2B in the community center on Main Street. Just making a note. Okay, please continue. So last week, I went to the community center and no one showed up. It was me in an empty room for three whole hours. You waited the full three hours? Oh, I waited. Professional writers don't make excuses and they don't break commitments. Well, I respect that sense of responsibility. Did you check to see if the meetup had been canceled? Obviously, yes. But there was no email. No new message on the group text. No one at the community center knew anything. I tried asking the girl at the front desk, and she was like, let me go check with my manager. And then she went to the back to ask her manager. When she came back, she was all like, there's nothing scheduled in room 2B on Thursdays. And I was like, you must be lying, bitch. Okay. I'll ask that we use words of understanding rather than judgment and gendered labeling on this show. Will you go with me on that? Fine, sure. Great. So, you think your class disappeared, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, doesn't it sound like the dumb bit? <clears throat> Sorry, the female part-time employee was lying? Or hiding something? I tried emailing the group, too. I mean, everyone. No one responded. I even called the group organizer's cell phone several times and left voicemails. Nothing. Do you usually communicate with the organizer of this group over the phone? Sometimes. I think she figured it would be easier since I usually ask her to stick around for a bit after the group breaks so I can test out more material. Like, for instance, I read this one poem for her like two weeks ago after the rest of the group left. It's about an ex. This girl I used to see, it goes like, <clears throat> Come nearer with that slutty mouth of yours and tell me no one more time. I hearken closer to you with every breath screaming out for distance. Oh, okay. Uh, you can recite that by memory, I see. You never know when you're going to be called to gift your work to the world. I stay prepared. I'm a pro. Unlike some of the delicate flowers in the group that love to say they find my poetry disturbing. Let me read you my latest. Fa-la-la-la. Hear me, you cold witch of western ideals and matcha latte dreams. Doth my wrath fool you? I'm sly as hell, and burrow in your nightmares like the snake you wish I was. 
I think it might be a good idea to segue back to the reason you called. Uh, tell me more about your meetup group. I think a clearer picture would help us deduce what may have happened to them. Fine. Yeah, there are ten of us. As I mentioned, we're all folks that need to meet at the night, either because of our jobs or general state of existence. Can you elaborate? Well, there are at least two vampires. I think there's a third, but she's a little ambiguous or ambivalent or one of the ambs. Um, <clears throat> uh, there's a werewolf who prefers to come to the group in his were form as opposed to his human one. He says he feels freer to express himself that way, but all he writes are haikus. Fascinating. So does he only attend once a month because of the full moon dilemma? Yeah. Anyway. There's a bogeyman, a Beto Beto-san, and a few others that barely participate. Oh, I've got one you'll really like. It reminds me a little of you. Okay, so it starts out like a letter. I don't know. Just go with me. <laughs> Dear friend, I twist and turn for you. Your bluest eyes. The taste of your heavenly throat. This is very flattering, Carl, but a little uncomfortable. Remember the feel of my knife in your skin, begging to rip you apart. You smiled, friend. Challenge issued. Invitation accepted. Carl, I'm... All for expressing yourself on this show, openly and fully, but I'm not sure this is the right forum for... Look, I just want to do some of that tending you mentioned before. Tending to people's needs. I appreciate the sentiment, but I was referring to tending to callers like you, calling in to ask for help with the situations and emotions that manifest in their everyday lives. But that is why I called. Without anyone to recite to, my gut is like stirring up. I write to help the world by taking my words and passions and bringing light to people's lives and pouring it all out on them. I'll just read you a little more. <clears throat> Watch me whisper to you from the closet of your room, beneath your bed with my teeth agleam. I know your lights are out for a reason. Carl, I, I thought you said something paranormal happened to friends or these people that you've been meeting up with because they're clearly not your friends. But this is the reason that you called tonight, isn't it? You called to read your work. Poetry is meant to be read out loud, and I can't read if I don't have people to share with. I'm bleeding out my inner world here. Can't you see that? Just let me bleed on you. Carl, why are you in this group? What about you makes you specifically appropriate for this midnight hangout of wonderful weirdos? What's your brand of weird? Are you some type of creature of the night? Another vampire? Look, I'm just a human named Carl. But humans can be poets, too. Okay, I'm just going to say this. Um, I don't think the meetup was canceled and or abducted. Um, I hypothesize that your fellow poets decided that one member of the group was ruining the experience for the rest with his rather threatening contributions. Do you follow, Carl? Huh. Okay, I see where you're going. There's this one shady guy in the group goes around stealing teeth from under kids' pillows. He's always writing these happy-go-lucky sing-song nursery rhymes, but he's like a 45-year-old man with wings. You think the authorities caught wind of him and just shut the whole meetup down? It's you, Carl. I'm talking about you. You are the problem child of the group. Yes, Dana, you have something to share? 
no, I'm not going to say that. No, there is one professional in the hot seat every night and that is me. So please leave me be to do my job. Carl, your group may have decided that it no longer desires your participation, but separations happen. It will be fine. You should embrace the opportunity that this forcible parting has given you to improve your deranged heart and grow. Grow into the man and poet of the night you were meant to be. One that a woman would happen upon doing a reading at a small independent bookstore and not want to flee from. Host, I hear what you're saying now. But if this is true, if they weren't abducted and they're all just hiding from me like the weakling feminist wallflowers they are, they can kiss my ass. Now, let me close on this. Pearly nights. Carl, please stop. It's a soft one and short. I swear. Just this last one and I'll go, please. Fine. Proceed. Pearly nights. Starry white bread meals by your side. I trust my gift made it to your registry. The husband of your heavenly ever afters. His fingers on my nightstand. The box in the mail. Half of his heart bleeding through cardboard like your favorite tartare. Let's catch up over brunch. Okay, well, we can't win them all, but I will keep on trying, because you deserve that, callers. I know sometimes it can feel lonely trudging through whatever it is you have going on in your lives. Heartbreak, disappointment, a psychopath in your creative writing group. But please, please know that you are not alone out there in the universe. These airwaves are here for you, and I'm always listening. Also, if anyone does know the new whereabouts of Midnight Poetry for the Weird and Wonderful, please give me a call off the air. I may be able to adjust my schedule. Okay, let's take another call. Hello, caller, you're on the air. Who do we have the pleasure of conversing with this evening? Hi, host. I'm Andy, longtime listener, first-time caller. <laughs> Why, hello, longtime listener. How old are you, sir? Six. Well, six and three quarters. A dignified gentleman. Andy, an honor to be speaking with you, young man, but isn't it past your bedtime? Bedtime? No! I can't go to bed! I can't sleep! Ah, having trouble sleeping? I'm having trouble staying awake! They get you when you're sleeping! They? Everyone here! Where are you calling from? We just moved to this military base in Alabama. Ah, an army brat. <laughs> having trouble adjusting? Looking for a potion to boost confidence or to summon some friends? No, I don't want to be friends with anyone here. Oh, Andy, the first piece of guidance I can provide is acceptance of the things you cannot change and the courage to change the things you can. Perhaps you would enjoy your new home if you were to settle into it. This is not my new home. My dad works for the Environmental Protection Agency. We're just here for a month so he can test the possible effects of the military actions on the surrounding ecological systems. Then we're out of here. Quite the honorable charge. How can I help you, Andy? Well, I hate it here. Oh? Yeah, these people are bad. Well, well, what do you mean, these people? These people on the base. They're bad. I went to daycare, and every kid made the same painting. They don't like me. They just stare at me. And, and then the teacher tried to make me nap. Ah, uh, an individual after my own heart. <laughs> Perhaps your issues, then, are with conformity and authority. I know what it's like to be the smartest in the room, having to suffer fools. 
No, Dana, that was not a dig. That's exactly what I tried to tell Daddy. These kids are different. They don't eat. They don't poop. Everybody poops, Andy. Well, that's what I thought. But host, nobody on the base poops anymore. That is odd. Well, not if you consider the fact that they don't eat. Fair, but every everybody has to eat. That's the thing. The bodies. Bodies? You heard me. The bodies. Every day is trash day here, and every day I watch my neighbors carry out their own bodies to the garbage guys. My goddess, and you've told your parents what you've seen? Yeah, and they just think I'm having nightmares. I called the police and they insisted that I go to sleep. And that's when I realized the body snatchers get you when you're sleeping, host. Body snatchers? I call them the body snatchers, the things that replace the people. I was skipping rocks on the river, and that's when I first saw them. They wade into the water with ghostly looks. They dive under and come back with these sticky, dark egg things covered in moss. Then they take the eggs into your house, place them under your bed, and wait for you to go to sleep. That's when the worms come out and attach to you, sucking out your blood and guts until you're nothing but a people-skin puddle on the floor. They take you out to the trash in the morning and replace you. How do you know all this? Because I watched them kill my mommy. Host? Hello? Are you there? Come on, host. I need you. I see. Perhaps you would benefit from a nap, Andy. No! I can't sleep! They get you when you sleep! Aren't you listening, host? I tried to tell Bobby, but no one will believe me. I tried to run away, but the military guys got me and took me home. Now I'm in hiding. Nobody believes me because I'm just a kid. A very interesting theory, Dana. I'm turning you off now. Where are you right now, Andy? I'm hiding in my sister Marty's closet in her dirty clothes hamper. She leaves all her clothes on the floors anyways. Yes. 759 Sector C. Thank you. What? Stay exactly where you are, Andy. Your mommy will be there soon. My mommy's dead. I tried to warn her, but she went to sleep and they got her. I watched her evaporate. We gotta get out of here. You have to help me. Andy, this is important. Go where? Huh? That's right. Go where, Andy? What happened to your mommy? Are you listening? What happened to your mommy is not an isolated incident. I know. The body snatchers are going to get everyone. We have to stop them before they get off the base. Andy, you cannot stop it. It is something that is going to happen everywhere to everyone. So where are you going to go? Where are you going to run? Where are you going to hide, Andy? Nowhere. Host, you sound an awful lot like them. There's no one like you left. You are one of them, aren't you, host? Dana, what in the parallel dimensions possessed you to throw water in my face? Oh no, it's all coming back to me quick. Bring me the red phone. Hello, yes, this is the host, Code Fuchsia. There has been a reported body snatcher outbreak on a military base in Alabama. Thank you. 
Forgive the interruptions, dear listeners, and fear not for your safety. There are special programs in place to handle outbreaks and invasions such as these. Andy, if you can still hear me, help is on the way. It appears that I have fallen victim to mind control on tonight's cast, and for that I apologize. As your guiding light through the darkest of supernatural nights, I ought to be less susceptible to such technology. Alas, I too am guilty of not taking the youngster seriously and allowed my guard to drop. As Cher has yet to find a way to turn back time, I shall take advantage of this opportunity to learn a lesson. In this instance, it is to believe the youth when they cry out injustice, for they are the leaders of tomorrow. We must protect them today. Ugh, I desperately need some tea. And a towel. Dana, surely you have one of those in your stash? Thank you. It looks like we have time for one more call. Hello, caller. You're on the air. Hello? Who's speaking? Uh, this is the host. And you are? If you don't know, why do you call me? You called me, sir. Uh, what's your name? Uh, I did not. Nice try. My name, huh? Sure. Okay. Well, in that case, uh, what do you think is bringing us together tonight, caller? It's pretty easy, wouldn't you say, space woman? This isn't my first rodeo, you know. I can see you hovering up there, peeping at me. Sir, I'm currently sitting in a chair that is on the ground, presumably nowhere near where you are. Do you know where you are? Is that some sort of trick question? I can see your light right now. Don't try to mess with me, lady. I'm on to you. Is everything all right? I'm at home, I think. But something's wrong. Oh, this noise. It's coming from everywhere. Can you describe the noise? The hum. It's as if I'm surrounded by it. Listen. I hear it. Uh, hello? Hello? I hear it. All right. See? It won't stop. What happens if you move to other rooms? Do you hear it then? Oh, oh, oh. Let's see. Caller, are you still there, Caller? There's someone here with me. I don't know what to do. He, he looks hurt and angry. Now might be a good time to exit the house. Please help. Nowhere to go. This man... Stay where you are. I will hurt you if I need to. Are you okay? Is, is he trying to hurt you? I need something. Something to protect myself. A poker. The fire. Is there a fire? No! No fire, just a poker. Oh, no. He's got one, too. He's copying me. He's, he's like me, but different. Oh, he looks terrible. But it's uncanny how well he can move. There are many different versions of doppelgangers to draw from. I think in order to get down to the bottom of... Take that, you beast! I have bested that man! I shattered that which gave him life. And now, all is light. I feel tired. Okay, um, that's one way to deal with it. What did you just do? Aren't you listening? Pay attention! It's only gotten dark. So dark, I can barely see. Oh, there's another, just like it in here. Just like it in here as well. Another just like what? S some kind of lever. Fascinated. Gosh, it's so cold. Ah, uh, 
I am God. Let's not jump the gun just yet. Um, what exactly are you doing? By my own will, I am commanded light to come forth and disappear through one flick. You mean you flipped a light switch? You make it sound so crude. You flipped a light switch and then light appeared. Ah, yes, so simple. It must be nice being so comfortable with something so unnatural. Does this mean every switch I hit has this much light? What kind of madness is this? Is it right for me to hold such power? Why don't we calm down and take a look around? Is there somewhere you could sit? Who could sit down at a time like this? It's time to stand up. More light. Right. Uh, has anything out of the ordinary happened lately other than light switches? Perhaps something stressful? An accident, maybe? Would you consider clones and hovering beasts ordinary? Huh? I'd say yes. Today was very out of the ordinary. I acknowledge your truth, caller, but I suspect things are not so special as you believe. Do you remember what you were doing before you called me? Well, sure. I was... I I had just gotten to... Would you mind going to the window and telling me what you see? I see a thing with wheels upside down. People. Lights. It it looks hurt. Do you recognize that object? Are the people wearing anything specific? Blue, red, white. Blue, red, white. It seems familiar. They're pulling someone out. I recognize them. Oh, God. It's so bright in here. Hello, caller? Better. Much better. Of course, that's why they call it a light switch. I get it. I can see clearly now. I did this. All of this. The accident? You caused it? I was listening to your show. I became distracted. We were close to home. Oh my God, Angela, not moving. It's so dark in here. Better. I feel better. Caller, I believe you are experiencing trauma. You may be in shock. I recommend talking to the people outside your home. Maybe you're right. I'm sorry. What happened exactly? I I don't recall driving today. Gosh, it's so bright in here. So very bright. (sighs) That poor man. The majority of car accidents happen less than two miles from your home. I don't know if that's helpful, it's just a fact. Are we at time, Dana? I guess we're at time, listeners. Look, I know this program isn't about me, but... Dana, did we get any wins tonight? We educated someone about clones, that's something... And to make matters worse, I haven't seen my favorite clerk at the Farman Fleet for a week and a half. Her name is Becky, and she lights up my life. (laughs) I know she's allowed to take vacation, Dana. I just feel... Well, I have a bad feeling about it. Becky, if you're listening, feel free to send us a postcard from Bermuda or wherever you are. 
Oh, that's all the time we have for tonight, listeners. You're all my treasures, my light. I'm glad we're all on this spinning ball together. As always, I am your host. Good night. This episode of The Host was led by Amy Carver. It was written by Lucy Boone, Amy Carver, Ashley Griggs, Lizzie Gordon, and Patrick Keeking. It was performed by April Brassard, John Delaporta, Jesse Abbott Chin, Lizzie Gordon, Jamie Ferguson, Theodore Mark Martinez, and Sarah Kenny. It was produced and edited by Amy Carver. Music is by Steve Metz, created by Amy Carver. Thanks for listening. Until next time, good night.